Welcome to The Running Public with Bracken Crocker and Kirk DeWint. It's Tuesday, folks, and you know what that means. Training Tuesday. We are going to take every rabbit hole, follow tangents, use useless metaphors, get lost in the weeds. This is Training Tuesday. When you're ready to take your training or racing to the next level, go to therunningpublic.com. We have both monthly subscription training plans, $19.99 a month, and Bracken and I both offer one-on-one customized coaching. Again, go to therunningpublic.com and check out our offerings. Morning, Bracken. Good morning. We are, uh, well, a week removed from our Love Fest weekend, and my heart has grown even fonder with our time apart. How do you feel? I don't know. I guess I've moved on. Ugh. That makes me like you even more, Bracken. I don't know why. I can't <laughs> yep. help myself. Yep. <laughs> I just set the hook here, Kirk. <laughs> um, so I uh, I ended this last week with a fizzle with my training, Bracken. Really Did limped you? home. Oh, just, you know, shat the bed, as they say, and really didn't have very good energy. And then I opened up my squad cast today, and we hop on here for our recording. And and your your screen name today is I Might Be Fast, which would insinuate that you didn't lay eggs to end last week. You probably had a good training week, and I wanted to no. ask you about it. Because we'll talk about my bad workouts, because that's part of today's topic, plenty. But why, are you, why might you be fast? It's hard to really say. <laughs> No one really knows. I might be. I might not be. But I've, I'm stacking weeks and I'm getting to the point of critical mass, I think, where I've stacked a lot of mediocre to decent weeks in a row where it's starting to just do something. And then you and I had a big weekend and you know how that changes things sometimes. Yep. My running just felt crisp this week. It felt clean. My form, and I've I've been filming the last few sessions I've been doing on the treadmill, and I just felt and looked different visually, just slightly, almost imperceptibly. But running harder with you, running faster, going above and beyond where I've been working at my sweet spot, and then returning back to that sweet spot, everything just felt crisp and clean by comparison. Mm. Smooth would be the word I would use to describe how things look like when you're running effort and you're running pace, but you're also looking like you're not reaching for it. That is sort of the epitome, mm-hmm. right? Of knowing like improved fitness, like sure I'm running fast, but what, yeah. at what cost, right? So I'm assuming you're feeling less cost for similar efforts or pace. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had it like, I would say three times in a row and I don't think you can fake that three or four times this week. I went for a run and just felt cleaner running and with less effort than I expected to feel because when I run that trail, I know how I've been feeling. Or when I run this workout, I've been doing the same three or four interval workouts. We're going on like three or four months now. I know how I feel and I'm feeling differently. And the the effort's not changing drastically or it's getting easier. So it just one day, it's a good day. Two, you might just be having a good streak, but three or four in a row and something's moving in the right direction. So I think part of that is like what you've said, you've raced back-to-back weekends, then your fitness just changes for the better. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what we did. Yeah. We had two back-to-back big effort days and I feel better for it. Yeah. It's always a good sign when you don't have to thrash yourself to reach metrics you're happy with in quality sessions. 
You can mm-hmm. run pacing that you're pleased with and not feel like you sold your soul out there to do it. And that's when I know like, oh, wow, that felt somewhat comfortable for the metrics I'm seeing come come through on my watch and it's always nice to nice to feel that um are you sticking to uh treadmill work for the most part for quality sessions still uh currently yes but the plan was to go 50 50 now but our weather is just screwing with it where i don't want to run pavement yet for quality i could and i'm sure i'd be fine but i don't want to i want to do treadmill or trail And we've had such this weird stretch of we got more snow and then right back up into the mid thirties. And so everything is just a slop fest right now. Lisa and I went to the trails yesterday and we left the trails after a mile and a half and just ran on a bike path. And I ran on the grass on the side of it because it was just so sloppy. You're doing nothing but tearing the trail up. Yeah. Yeah. We got some warm weather coming though. So maybe that'll all get real sloppy and then dry out for you and then you'll be money. I'm curious. Um, so right now I'm aiming to run right now. I'm running 40 plus miles a week on four runs. That's all I'm doing. That's my goal right now. I'm cross training the other days, just making sure I'm going to can hold status quo and then I'll bump up to five days of running and maybe shoot for 45, 50 miles a week. Um, but strategically I'm running 40 and four, as long as I can breach 40, Mm-hmm. which means you know some bigger days are involved and then 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 the assault bike in between but i'm curious how much you're running because i actually don't know and we didn't discuss this actually when when we were together the other week no briefly i talked about with you i hit my first 40 mile week in months hmm. uh but my my mileage is weird right now because i'm hitting my double threshold workouts and my pm a lot like we just talked with lauren my pm is on the machine only done one day where the PM session was also a run and my body was not ready for that. So like, for example, this weekend I did five by six minutes with one minute recovery on the treadmill. And then in the evening I did uh 10 by 500 on the, on the rower. So with 45 second rest. So that's the kind of threshold work I'm doing. And then I'm just running as often as I can in between those sessions, but it's all uphill on the treadmill right now or on soft trail. It's like one or two soft trail runs a week, but it's pure recovery, like running nine to 10 minute pace on these sloppy, twisty trails, or I'm running between 10 and 20% incline. So my mileage is very low. I'll hit like 20 to 35 miles per week because running at 10% incline gets you five miles per hour. Right. So it's my, my mileage is not indicative of my work right now which is another reason why it feels like mediocre training weeks because going for Mm. 70 minutes and getting less than six miles is not inspiring. Yeah. But then you look at your time under duress, we'll call it, and you're spending nine hours aerobically each week or whatever it is. And if you put that all under running, you'd be running 50, 60 mile weeks. It's always the interesting thing. Yeah. And mileage, we should throw mileage out the nature of what we do. Like I say 40, but one of those is at 30%. Like I'm getting three miles that day or four. That means I got to get 35 in the next three to hit 40. It's like, it's mileage is kind of silly when you right. chase vert and all that. But, um, so I, like, you, for example, that interval workout, I did five by six minutes, but it was at 10% incline. So I'm not getting much mileage that day, but if that were flat, That'd be a great workout day mileage wise between warm up and cool down, but you just, I don't get much out of it. So yeah, I've, I've kind of just disassociated myself from mileage right now. I'm seeing that six minutes on one minute rest, that workout starting to pop up everywhere. What's up? Where, where did that workout come from? 
I mean, everyone just jumps on what everyone else is doing. And Ingebrigtsen is famous for doing three or four workouts. One is three minute reps and one is six minute reps. Mm, is that what it is? So that's, that's just the double threshold style. They like to sit around three and around six. And then the PM, they like to sit around 70 to 90 seconds. And that's just what they're doing. So everyone's doing it now. But what I found is that it's a good distance for you're not trying to run a mile. You're not trying to run a 2K. Some people run them as 2Ks, the pros, but you're not trying to hit a distance. So it makes you just settle in and run an effort. Yep. That's why I don't run thousands. I usually run three minute reps now because I know what I want to try to hit for a thousand rather than for three minutes. I'll just fill that time with good effort. I like it. Um, little shout out for our Friday episode with Lauren Weeks. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, we had a great conversation with Lauren on, I don't know, it was Thursday last week, but, um, episode one we did with Lauren, maybe around a year ago, we got to know Lauren as like a human. And then on Friday we were able to like dive more into like the athlete and training transformations and what she's been doing and how she looks at the sport as a Mm -hmm. whole interpersonal relationships amongst her competitors, things like that. I just found it really enjoyable, relatable, down-to-earth conversations. If you haven't listened to the Lauren Weeks episode, you should go ahead and you should do that. But I'm sure after hearing Lauren, you feel a little more comfortable about uh, relying on that treadmill for quality work if you need to, huh? 100%. And what I love about Lauren is she is uniquely dialed into herself. And we're going to have a post on it this week about her comments about how she views racing. Mm -hmm. But she just is her and doesn't let anything distract from that. But yeah, the treadmill training as well, that was reassuring. I do believe Mm -hmm. you got to get off the treadmill from time to time. But she and Anthony are dialed in to her unique needs. And I like when someone really meshes their mentality with their skill set, with their race type. Yep. Well, we won't spoil it all for you if you haven't listened yet, but go listen. Um. And now today, I kind of had a topic I wanted to chat out, mostly because, as I mentioned, I had a, I fizzled out the last half of uh, last week's training. I just didn't feel that well. And I think as uh, listeners, you probably gathered this about me, uh, Brack, and I think you know this about me. Like, it's not very often I pull the plug on a workout or back away from effort. I usually double down, if anything, and been rub my nose in it. And on Friday, I bailed. I was three reps, Bracken, into 24 by 400 meters with a 0.12 mile recovery. And I was three reps in. I was like, F this. I hate this. I don't feel good. My metrics suck. It's negative four with wind, negative six with wind chill, 15 mile an hour winds. I hated it. I said, I'm done with you running. Piss off. I negotiated with myself to get to 12 of the most pathetic 400 meter reps I've ever done in my life. I said, screw this. And I just ran around the lake and ended up back home. And I had a hard time like processing, like, was I just a wimp or like, was that the right move given the factors? Right. And so I'd be kind of stewed over it again. And then the next day for my long run, I felt like junk again, two hours on the snowy trails. I was empty. Right. So obviously I think I made the right call confirming like, wow, I still felt like crap Saturday for my long run. And then it brought up the, the conversation topic, um, which I think I'd really love your perspective. And then I have a few thoughts as well. And that is when to sink your teeth into a workout and when you should jump ship, like when, what signs should lead you to be like, this isn't the juice isn't worth the squeeze. This isn't my day. 
or are you just being a wimp and you should press on? I think that's something that we battle with often in workouts. And I don't think we talk about it much. And so I figured that's what we should dissect today. Yeah. it's a, That's a really tough spot to be in, especially when you're self-coached or when you're self-executing the workout. It's one thing to be back in college or with your your track club and have the coach standing there and you say, hey, here's what I'm feeling. And they're like, yeah, suck it up, do it. Or, hey, why don't you just go hit an easy run now? It's easy to second guess yourself and when you're the coach. Mm-hmm. Am I being a wimp? Am I looking for a way out? Should I be looking for a way out? But I'm trying to stay in. So I have my my answers to this have changed over time. And I believe we had this as a Q&A in the last six months. And already I'm going to give a slightly different answer. But I have two main beliefs about when to bail out. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. The first one, when it is clear you cannot accomplish the intended purpose of the workout. And then the second one, when finishing the workout will set you back in training. Those are the only two hard and fast rules I have. Everything else is gray area. Everything else is a decision. These are not decisions point. These are just check yes and move on or check no and bail. There's no decision. It's just you have to follow it. When you can't accomplish the purpose of the workout or you're about to set yourself back. Although it is hard to know those things in the moment sometimes. I mean, I think those are great rules. True. Uh, at the same time, like, have you ever had a workout where you're like, God, those first two reps are sticky. And then somehow you find your groove and you're like, okay, I just had to wake up a bit. Maybe I should press on or my foot's hurting me. I can't really tell if I, if I should bat, like if I should stop or I shouldn't. It's like, there's some, there's some gray area with that too. But, um, I think the intended purpose is probably as important as anything. And a lot of athletes probably don't even know the purpose of the workout sometimes. They just know they should. I should do quarter mile repeats. I should do mile repeats. I should do threshold runs. Um, But the intended purpose is a big one, I think, understanding why. Yeah. Well, I think that the preface to that is that you have to know your intended purpose. Otherwise, you can't answer that question in the workout. Yeah. Which, which at that point, then it's all gray area other than am I going to set myself back? So that, that puts yourself in a tricky situation if you don't fully grasp the purpose of the workout because there are some yep. workouts that you can get the intended result without hitting your goal times but you have to know which one trumps which one in that moment do the times matter or does completing this duration matter yeah i agree with that so have you um i'm trying to think like i don't pull the plug very often and i have don't get me wrong it's not like it's the first time i've ever abandoned a workout but um is this something that you have done in the past with any regularity, anything oh, you've yeah. experienced? Yeah. Well, tell me more. Well, there was a time where I would just never cut a workout short, no matter what, because I was not very good at workouts. I was on any team I'd ever been on. I wasn't the best at workouts. I would always outrace my workout performances, but I was also acutely aware of the fact, or at least I believed this to be true, that because I wasn't very good at them. I had to get them all done. Like I could, I could handle being like a B, B plus workouter, but I had to get them all done. So like high school, college, I would never quit a rep. Even if I was hanging off the end, that could be because I knew I'm going to race better than this, but mm-hmm. I have to not have an off switch. Otherwise I'll get dropped during a race. So for years, I never quit a workout no matter what. And I would suffer through some really bad workouts. Uh, and then. When I got out of fitness a few years ago, I started quitting workouts because I was weak. And recently, 
I pulled a plug on workouts in the last year or two when structurally I'm afraid of something. So I'll say that 20 to 25 by 400 workout you were doing, I probably made it 16 to 20 four times in the first, like I probably started doing that one like two months ago, probably made it not to 24 times because a calf or an Achilles would just start saying something like, oh, that's it. I'm done. And I would yeah, switch yeah. to something else. So I've had three stages of bailing workouts in my career. Yeah. And sometimes though, those are open-ended. Like I'm going to go and hit my workout until I no longer can hit pace or feel uncomfortable. Like oftentimes there's like a range, mm -hmm. right? You're shooting for. So that's also, that's also part of it. Um, so let's, let's break this down, um, into a few things. First conditions. Okay. Are conditions alone enough for you to say, screw it. I'm done. Let's just, you know, break down what I had playing in my head on Friday. Um, and the facts are, the facts are, the conditions were awful. Like it hurt. I couldn't even like look into the wind as it's blowing in my face. Like it was like one of those where like your head hurts sort of thing. Two, um, I wasn't hitting my intended pacing. I wasn't even close. I was way off. And then three, I felt like absolute trash at the same time. So there were three things going. But if you split them up, weather. What do you do with weather? Bad day, hot, cold, wind, slick terrain. Is weather a day to push something forward back or just move on and abandon it? This is going to feel lazy, but I go back to my first two questions. Can I still hit the intended purpose of the workout despite this weather? In your case, if you're doing 400s and if you were on a track, there's a good chance you can't hit the intended purpose of a track workout with really cold wind. You run the first 200 meters one direction, running using a stride you're not normally using, and then you turn into the wind, and suddenly it blasts you in the face, and you use a different stride. So if the intended purpose is to become a metronome at race pace, that's not helping you one bit. The intended purpose is to accumulate 30 minutes of work around 10K pace during the 400s or effort. Sure, you can probably get that done. But the, the reps become two-part reps, as we had out on the track with our workout. That workout wasn't a great day to learn how to run 5K pace, but it was a good day to just work on our engine. So and that's how I feel with icy trails or recently sloppy trails. Sometimes, yeah, the weather is the reason to pull it because you just can't get the workout done correctly. And other times, who cares if you're slow? The purpose is engine. So it's a non-answer, Kirk. Well, no, and I think it's not a lazy answer. It's doubling down on your principles, right? Just follow your principles. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the workout on Friday was over speed training. I want to run 5K pace or faster for reps. I want to get some good turnover efficiency work, which I, I feel like I'm behind on. And mm -hmm. I think weather in that case is the only one where I think it's okay to call it if you're not able to access the mechanics you're looking to access. So sort of echoing what you said. I'm an idiot, idiot, because... I knew walking out that door what I was getting into. I saw the wind whipping across the lake and the the snow tornadoes out there whipping through the fields. And it's like, I would have been better off. That's one time where it's like, go on the treadmill, set it to 3 to 6%, work for 70 to 75 seconds at a time, clean stride, open it up, and leave satisfied versus trying to force a square peg into a round hole. So... And I believe I 100% made the right decision by bailing on this workout. And I'm not trying to justify why I did. I'm trying to help you walk through my decision-making process. 
Um, so if the intended purpose is over speed training and efficiency work, which it absolutely was, <laughs> weather is probably the kingpin component to like pivoting. I Correct. think now if you're like, Hey, I want to go get my heart rate into threshold zone and run threshold intervals or work on this. And you're not trying to hit an intended biomechanical efficiency or pace. Then I say, you know, what if the muddy trails are muddy and you're going to be slow as long as your skill set can allow your heart rate to get where it needs to go, then I say weather isn't an excuse. So this is where this gets blurry. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but you have system work and you have efficiency work. And so they almost need to be separated. 100% they have to be. And and uh, it's a case by case. So like high wind, for example, you cannot run really good, as you would call it, over speed training, training faster than the speed you'll need for a race on a windy track, it's very difficult to get that done without a pack of guys. Um, but what you can do, you could pivot and find a straight bike path or stretch a road with the wind at your back. Does it change the way you run in your effort? Yeah. But does it make it easier? Is it like running slightly downhill where you can just turn over much quicker with less effort and maybe stride out more? Yeah, you can. And that's what downhill sprint work is. So that's a pivot that could maybe work on that day. Or you head into the treadmill. That's another pivot that works that day. If it's heat, that may not be the time to do overspeed work because that could get you into, is this setting me back in training? Mm -hmm. Dead calm, no breeze, 105 degrees out. Do I even recover from this workout in three days? So the same workout, cold versus heat versus wind has a different protocol for it. But it's really more about you make a list of facts, not excuses. That that might just be what we're getting to. Trusting yourself to choose the right column is tricky, but for what you're trying to do, I would have probably pulled the plug too. I mean, I've had days where I went to the bike path and I ran, what, 20 by 200 with the wind at my back and just said, my cool down is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to feel great for 20 reps of 200 and have to turn and just take the wind all the way home, but it doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> I can put my hood up, look down at my feet and just get home at 12 minute miles. Great. But if you can't get that done or you don't have that stretch, then why would you even try the workout? It's all still blurry though. Like what are facts? What are excuses? How we could probably, you know, our conversation with Ryan Balk, uh, a month or so ago, like justifying decisions, you know, our thought process and rationalizing how we approach training. It's just such a nuanced thing that there's probably never a right answer for everybody. And there's going to be, yeah, this is fact, but, or that's an excuse, but. Yep. But I wanted to dissect the weather. I just wanted to sort of like try to clear a few things. So let's move to the next thing then, okay? You're yeah. not hitting pacing, okay? Which we kind of lumped into um, the weather column as well. But let's say you go out. Let's say you don't feel like junk, although I, I felt like trash. For whatever reason, the stars didn't align for me that day. I'm sure I could figure out why, but um, you go out and you're just not hitting pacing. Let's say you have mile repeats on the docket or a six-mile threshold run or whatever. Forget about how you feel. Let's say you feel okay, but you're not hitting pacing. You're just like not. What do you do with that? I'm personally okay with that. Tell me more. Unless the pace is specific to I must run this for my race. Like if it's six days out from a race and you're doing like a mile or a 5k prep workout where the only intended purpose is to run that specific pace outside of that doesn't really matter to me because i believe in engine more than pace i believe your body doesn't know 
pace as well as it knows uh, engine for fitness gains. I believe you can become a metronome with specific pace, but I think it's more important to get the engine work than the pace. And so if you're going out there and you want to run between 160 and 165 beats per minute, because that's your threshold range and you're doing a six mile tempo and you're hitting that and you're running 20 seconds per mile slower than you would like to, well, there's a different conversation to be had. Like, do I, am I setting myself back? Am I getting sick? Is something weird going on? But mm-hmm. am I getting benefit from this? 100%. Tempo run at that heart rate is a tempo run at that heart rate, no matter yeah. what the, the watch says. Well, I agree with you about this one too. I think if you're hitting your pace or not, I think they do need to be separated. I feel okay and I'm just not hitting pace. I feel like death mm-hmm. and I'm not hitting pace. There's like two very different sides of that coin. Like if your body's metabolic system isn't saying like, hey, you don't feel good today versus like, hey, I'm having a fine day. I'm just like not where I thought I'd be. So I think they're separate there. But I Mm -hmm. think I think not hitting pace as long as it's not glaringly obvious, like something isn't feeling good. um, I agree with you. System work, not hitting your pace isn't an excuse to throw in the towel. And it's also not excuse to say, screw it. I'm going to run what I was hoping to run today and then go blow your workout up in the first half. And then it's all over and the intended purpose is done. So I'd rather you stick to whatever slower pacing and, and push through again, as long as you're not feeling like warning signs are going off, like, Hey, it's not your day. So I'm with you there. This is the single most used excuse that I encounter. I just didn't have it today. I couldn't hit my paces or the workout just wasn't happening. I was from rep number one, I couldn't hit my paces, so I just pulled the plug. Mm -hmm. And again, if you are a track and field athlete, just dialed to your event, there is an argument to be had there. But this is the running public. And in the general public of running, there's a very, very small segment of the population that are dialed in track runners. The rest of us exist in this world where it's way more important to get work done than pace done. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen on race day when you don't feel fast or you don't click your first split in? There are so many opportunities to learn how your body responds to things by finishing out a workout that doesn't start out going to plan. And sometimes, like you said earlier, that workout starts to click on the back half and you end up having a fantastic day. And sometimes it doesn't. But you don't know those things unless you see it through. And so I really get frustrated when I hear athletes say, oh, yeah, I didn't get it done today. It just I was my first two splits were off and I knew it wasn't my day. So I left it. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing. I don't care if it wasn't your day. You had work to get done. Not not times to get done today, not enjoyment to get done. Today was a work day. Go get your work done. Yeah. The, The tricky thing about this is like our bodies like. Um, like work recovery adaptation cycle isn't always clear. Like you could be tired today because of the big work you put in the weekend prior. Let's say you and I five days earlier, six days earlier, we had a guy, we had a good session Friday, Saturday felt pretty good to be honest with you too. I think I looked at you and said, I could keep going if I wanted to. Well, then, okay, I took some easy days in between. Everything should be fine, right? Like, I should be good. You think in your head, like, oh, I haven't worked hard in four days, or my body should be ready to work today, like I'm being a P word. But, like, our metabolic processes are complicated. Sleep and food and underlying bugs and all those things, like, 
it's not always super clear. And even for people like us, like I've been microanalyzing my own response to things for decades now, especially the last four years mm-hmm. since we started this podcast. I feel like I'm trying, I try to be even extra in touch with what's going on with my body so I can relay that in maybe teachable moments, but it's always not clear. So point being like, I took an easy Wednesday and Thursday and then hit this workout Friday. I was like, what the heck? Where did that come from? And so it's easy for you to say, well, I didn't do anything the last two days, right? You know, but our bodies are more complex than that. And then also the inverse can happen. You could have worked hard on Wednesday and then suddenly still feel great again on Friday. And you're like, what on earth? What you're not thinking about is 10 to 12 days prior. You took a long weekend vacation. You didn't do much at all. And your body kind of soaked up all your training. And now you're like kind of ready for like a little overreaching. And so it's just like an interesting thing that isn't always going to be clear. Like, yes, we try to predict how our body's going to feel, but when you're holding training patterns and no races are in sight, you're not trying to taper or do specific deload work. It's like, it's blurry. It really is blurry. Cause on paper you would say, oh, I didn't work very hard for two days straight and I got eight hours of sleep and I did these things and then lay an egg. And so it's just, I'm trying to comfort the audience. Like if you don't have a good day, I think you, you can't just point to like the surrounding days. It, it's more complex than that. Yeah. We are really good at taking a look at the snapshot and not seeing the entire picture. Right. And we also can't possibly know. Time is the only thing that tells us anything. Like We can't possibly know what link in the chain this is. And so I'm always hesitant to remove the link unless it's very clear that I can't get the purpose done or I'm about to set myself back and can't hit future training. I don't want to remove that link because this could be an important day. This could be the day that you look back in three weeks and be like, I'm so glad I did that because things are starting to click now. And even just looking at our situation, I felt really good this week. You felt really bad. Let's look at some differences that happened. I cashed out one 400 meter rep. I worked really hard, way overstrided, way overclenched, way overworked. And now speed felt kind of nice for me this week. You cashed out with two miles cutting down 516, 514. That was way more costly from an engine standpoint and from a recovery standpoint than one 60-second rep. Way more costly. Then this week, Thursday, I took a nap. I hadn't taken a nap in several weeks. Good for you. I got like a 90-minute nap in. Nice. So we we had a very different lead-in to our uh-huh. weekend of workouts. Despite having done kind of similar lead-ins, we had two very key differences in there. And yet we don't know how we're going to feel a month from now. So again, Mm -hmm. if you can't say for sure I'm hurting myself by doing this, finish the workout. Yep. I agree with that. Um, So let's move to uh, the the last pillar of at least the formalized Mm -hmm. discussion is I felt like junk. Okay. I felt like junk. Like, you know, right? You know, like, wow, I'm springy today. Like, I can tell. Like, my legs are just juiced up. Like, clearly today's I got good food, good sleep. I'm somewhat rested and I'm ready to work. I haven't, you know, and then there's the opposite where you get going and you get into it and you're like, whoa, like I'm just, you can tell your nerve, like your central nervous system sort of fatigue, right? Which a lot of people like my legs are just dead or my body doesn't want to work. That's like more CNS stuff. Like your nervous system just isn't firing like it, like it should. Right. So that underlying fatigue. And I, this is the point I'm, I'm hoping to get to the most. Actually, this is the, I think the most important decision maker. Um, to hopefully be a teachable moment, but I'll tee you up first. Do you have first 
thoughts on that? Start your workout, feel like you know it's not a good day. I think you just ask one question. Mm. Am I supposed to feel this way? If in the scope of, in the flow of my training, am I supposed to feel like junk today or not? And the example will still be this week for me. So I did that five by six minute workout on Saturday, finished it with a little farmer's uh, carry and wall ball finisher, and then settled in on the couch to do some work, made some pizza with my parents, ate some pizza, lounged, watched some races. And as the day went on, I felt worse and worse and worse, really low energy, almost fell asleep a few times. And I had this PM session of 10 by 500 on the rower. I was thinking, this is how I felt two weeks ago. And then two days later, I still wasn't having energy. But am I supposed to feel like this during double threshold training? Should the second session, should I feel fresh for this? I said, no, I probably shouldn't feel fresh for this. So this is okay. And I went and I did the workout. And then yesterday, woke up the next morning feeling pretty darn good. Because I was two weeks further in my progression, and so I still wasn't feeling great between the workouts, but now I'm feeling a little better afterwards. However, if I was approaching rep number one of the AM workout like that, I'm not supposed to be feeling like this. Right. Or a midweek, medium, long run. I'm not supposed to be feeling like trash right now. Or maybe this is week four of a high mileage build before a taper. Everyone's supposed to feel pretty tired right now. So finding out should I or shouldn't I is the number one thing I think you have to do to decide, do I pull the plug or not? Because if you're not supposed to be feeling really terrible and you do, something's off. And then you and I are both proponents of take a rest day. What's the worst that can happen? You could make sense of why you felt the way you felt. Now I have a follow-up question on something you said there. I was dozing off or felt like I wanted to take a nap or, you know, throughout the day. I think there Mm -hmm. is a stark delineation between like, brain, mental tired, and body fatigue. Like you can be well rested physically and you hit your mid-afternoon lull and you can't keep your eyes open, your brain doesn't work. But if you got up and started running and did a workout in a full, you know, dynamics, you could probably still go hit a workout. Even though you're so tired, you're falling asleep on the couch. Then there can be a day where you wake up, you get your sleep, you're up, you're popping, you're light on your feet, you got the coffee in you, you're feeling like the man. And then you go out there and you're like, my legs are logs. Like as soon as you start running, they're like very right. different. Like, do you have any, like, like for me, like brain dead tired, like when you're just like crashing, you're like, I need to take a nap. Your eyes are heavy. Like, do you separate the two? How do you separate the two? Is being sleepy in the middle of the day, a good indicator that you're fatigued from your workout or like, are you sleepy at 3 PM any day, every day? You know what I'm saying? Right. I was mentally sleepy because I'd been on the couch on my laptop, doing computer work, trying to build this new website staring at a screen for hours, but I went and just had a little bit of caffeine and I pepped us, right? You did. My legs still felt really tired. I had a lot of fatigue in there. So the mental fatigue was gone. There's a mental fatigue when you really need it, that it doesn't matter what you do. You are still in a fog. That's when we go back to that Cassie Tottenhagen, Tottenhagen, Tottenhagen interview where we said for her when she was pregnant, If you close your eyes and you are asleep within five minutes, you needed sleep more than you needed to go hit the workout right then. So if you just can't shake it and you're a zombie, try a power nap. Set your alarm for 20 minutes. You have five minutes to fall asleep. If you are not asleep in five minutes, you are up and you are having your caffeine and you are working. 
But if you fall asleep in under five minutes in the middle of the day, you were needing sleep and then your alarm is going to go off in 20 minutes and then you pop up and you have your caffeine and you get yourself working. So there's a difference between I'm tired and I am in a fog. And I think we all deep down know the difference. And what were you doing? I was sitting on a couch. Sitting, stationary, doing nothing is going to amplify whatever you're feeling. So it can't really be trusted until you get up and try to start moving. Once I started my warm-up, I was golden. And then I knew. But if I started my warm-up and my legs felt worse on everything I did, I would have had to switch that to a salt bike because I shouldn't be rowing if my legs are thrashed. You don't think you should take two heaping scoops of jacked and... uh just get it done anyways. Just power through. Nothing 500 milligrams of caffeine can't fix. 10 a.m. maybe. <laughs> 8 p.m. Bad Not so much. <laughs> uh, that was tongue-in-cheek, folks. But there's a time for that, right? There's a time that you yeah. just stimulate yourself and go. Because if you're supposed to be feeling bad and you are supposed to be getting the workout in, sometimes it takes the Perform Elite or Jacked or in Kirk's uh condition bang bang energy whatever mr rain orange dreamsicle rain man maybe never again man did that get my gut <laughs> bracken before our quality session bracken had half a rain and then in combination with perform elite and the perform elite he just took right down the hatch just mouthed the powder like a man so he he's drinking like a fluffy rain energy drink, orange dream sickle, and then he just gut pounds half a scoop or three quarters of a scoop of Perform Elite. No wonder you had I a shook tummy it up ache. and drank it. No, you did you really? Yeah, of course I did. I I, I I can't just take powder down the hatch. You kidding? That's me? how I recall it. I was trying to build up some street cred for you, some put some hair on your chest and head. But I don't I guess know if not. that's street. Maybe if I had chopped it up and lined it. I don't. I don't know. Chop chopped it up and lined it. This is a family show. <laughs> it's performally <laughs> anyway i haven't had performally in months and you brought some out and said you want some of this i'm taking it i'm about to hit the track with someone who's significantly more fit than me i was taking every advantage i could have but we got done and then i had a jimmy john's gargantuan right after and then i spent about what four hours filling the house with noxious fumes that shouldn't be happening on a couple's romantic getaway. And there's only one bathroom and only one yeah. bedroom. That's not a great setup. It wasn't for me. Moving on. So so I don't know how we got on that. Oh, yeah, jacked. And I don't think you can get jacked anymore. At least they had to change the ingredients. I think people were having some health issues on jacked. Could be wrong, but. <laughs> um, Was that the one that had methamphetamines in it and whatever I, else? I they don't found. know. I don't know. I had something. Anyways, um, so here's the biggest reason I pulled the plug on Friday. And maybe this is my justification. Maybe this is me changing the deal. But there's facts involved. And I think you should really think about this as well. We all know how our body responds when we work hard in general. If you've been doing this for a while, you'll know, hey, I work hard and my heart rate typically gets to here. Or it you know, my legs feel like this or my breathing is X. I can tell in my cadence or whatever it is. And my legs felt like watered down logs. I said, I'm going to still reach for some sort of pacing. And I looked down and my heart rate's at like 161. My heart rate should be at least 10 beats a minute higher than that. I'm like, God, I can't even get my heart rate to go anywhere today. And I'm, I feel like I'm mentally yep. and physically working. 
said, all right, well, I'll get into the workout and I'll, and I'll continue on. I mean, this is run recovery too. This isn't standing rest. This is supposed to be seven minute pace recovery, which turned into eight. And then eventually I flipped the workout, the bird, but point being is it's not like a workout where the heart rate's meant to come down, you know, really come down anyways, by rep three, four five, I can't get my heart rate to do anything like a, a workout in which should be getting me into the low to even mid one seventies. If I'm pushing towards the end of each rep, um, I'm seeing one sixty three, one sixty one. Once like I can't get it to do nothing. And there's the sign right there. I think more than anything, like I think I'm working. I can tell my body isn't feeling great, but my heart rate will not respond to effort today. And I think more than anything in a workout, you have two sides of that coin. But if your heart rate doesn't want to rise, some people would look at that as a good thing. Like, oh, I was running a low heart rate. Clearly, I'm not working that hard. Your body is just putting a sock in its tailpipe. It's putting a governor on you and saying, you need to chill. And it's not even allowing you to access. Your legs are so fatigued. Your CNS isn't telling your body to fire the way it should. And your heart rate just won't respond. It's like saying, hey, you, don't be an idiot. Chill. And my heart rate won't go anywhere. And if I were to get it to go anywhere, I would have to put forth such a mental effort that it wouldn't even be reasonable. And so that was my major decider was low heart rate which again, sounds contradictory, especially to a new runner being like, oh, that just means you weren't working hard enough. I argue the opposite. It means your body's telling you, hey, stop. And so that is one of the key indicators, I believe, when there's mental effort being put in, in combination with the body feeling really sluggish, that heart rate doesn't want to rise. That's telling you got some underlying central nervous system and you know metabolic fatigue, and it's time to pull the plug. And so that's how I felt comfortable making that decision is purely based on the heart not rising. Have you experienced this? That, not so much, no. Hmm. But it's indisputable. You can convince yourself of a purpose of a workout in the moment if you want. You can convince yourself you're not supposed to be feeling this way. You can't look at your heart and fudge the numbers. If it is way higher than it's supposed to be or way lower than it's supposed to be, that is the clearest indication that the workout shouldn't happen. And that's probably the only one you can't fudge it. You just know. I'm supposed to be running at 170 and I'm hitting 185 and I'm barely trying. There's something going on internally. Pull the plug, go spin easy for an hour or, or take a nap or the, the opposite. The one you saw my heart, rate's not rising. I'm working so hard, but I can't get my body moving. Pull the plug. Heart rate's the surest indicator when it is high or low, significantly high or low. Few beats. I don't really care. But like if you're talking 10 plus different than what you're supposed to be seeing, yeah, pull it. Yeah. Or if just simply your mental effort isn't matching up to your pacing or your heart rate as well. Like I am pushing and I am behind on both accounts, for example. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that middle ground, you're right. The other end is my heart rate's too high. Well, then, okay, what do you do? You either back off the effort or pacing and just try to keep it sustainable. Maybe heat's involved. Maybe you have a virus under, you're just about to get sick and you don't know it, which you see a lot. Like, why is my heart rate so high today? And then you wake up the next morning with a raging sore throat and a fever. You're like, ah, uh, I get it. There's that instance too. I don't know what is more common. I think the high heart rate's probably more common than the low. But anytime I see low heart rate, much lower than normal. And and I couldn't have predicted it, but it's like, okay, well, in that case, a lot of people would beat themselves up over that saying, I suck. I'm not even working that hard and I feel like crap and I want to quit. 
And I would argue the opposite of that. And I think that's where people need to be a little more kind to themselves. If you truly believe you're working and your body metabolically isn't responding, then um, I could see a lot of athletes pushing through in that case when they probably should be doing the opposite. I don't know what to do in the high heart rate situation, actually, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Sometimes like in quality sessions, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look at the heart rate. I'll just let the data tell me what it did afterwards. I'm not going to get caught up in it. Like, what do you do? Like, is every time the heart rate's really through the roof? Are you like, no, no, no? Or do you just roll with it sometimes? Uh, it's It sounds so bad. It's case by case because sometimes it's sickness and sometimes you're just wired. I, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. But what I will say is that high heart rate is usually the thing people see because it's life stress or it's too much caffeine or it's working harder than you think or it's heat or you're about to get sick or something's going on low heart rate that's what people get to more often when they've trained a ton when they have just compounding fatigue going on when you're overworked oftentimes you see your heart rate struggles to get up that's one of those sure signs of overtraining and that's it happens less because it takes a <laughs> it takes a certain person to be able to overtrain themselves i almost never overtrain myself ever because I don't bear down in those moments. I wake up and say, wow, I feel more tired than I should today. And I push things back right away to the next day. Yeah. The person who wakes up and gets it done no matter what, that's the person who suddenly is waking up like I'm eight beats per minute lower in my resting heart rate right now. And I couldn't tell you why. I'm working hard right now and I'm still in the 140s. Those are the people that can, <laughs> it sounds like it's not a badge of courage, but can earn that status because they've worked themselves into a hole. And I'm not saying you have, but you have that capability for sure that I'm getting this workout done and now I might pay for it for a few days. I think we've had that conversation on here a lot more where I pay for overreaching on individual workouts. You'll pay for just running yourself into the ground over a course of a training block. Yeah. And we don't need to go too far into my own last month or two, but I think it's, you know, COVID combined with some sort of like sinus infection by three rounds of antibiotics to get me to feel like myself yeah. again, a round of steroids. I didn't talk about all that, but I was on prednisone. Like my heart rate was jacked for a week straight on that. I think it's a combination. I don't think it's overtraining syndrome. I think it's just recalibration, you know, but, um, and the, and mm -hmm. to touch on the, the thing you said about overtraining syndrome, and that's not what this is about. And I don't think that's the case with this one workout. I'm not overanalyzing it, but, um, it's very interesting because with overtraining syndrome, you may see that, well, my heart rate's jumping up pretty easy on my recovery runs, but then I can't get it to go anywhere on my hard days. It's a really interesting conundrum. Like your windows get narrower almost. Like my heart rate will sort of rise sometimes for no reason on a recovery run. It should be lower. And then when you want it to rise, it doesn't. It's like a very consistent pattern that way sometimes or elevated resting heart rate too. But you can get that after a big workout. You can have an elevated heart rate of 10 beats a minute the remainder of the day sometimes if you really go to the well. So that can't be trusted sometimes either. But mm -hmm. um, a lot of nuances, isn't there? Yeah. So this is one of those pieces that it's important to know what your training style is. Like I don't prescribe to the theory of progressive fatigue overload. Like when we talked um, with uh, Charlie Lawrence, was that about his uh, time with uh, Brooks Hansen's project that, or Hansen Brooks, that they just, they really do that progressive overload of fatigue. They just overload their system with fatigue every day, getting their 20 miles in 
every day run and workouts really compromised and fatigued so that when they pull back and get to the marathon, their body can handle anything. It's not a style of training I deal with, so I shouldn't be dealing with aggressive fatigue on a daily basis. And so knowing that, it makes it easy for me to know when I wake up, I don't even have to get to the workout most days. When I wake up, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Put another 24 hours of easy work in before my next one. That's easy to do. Knowing if you're the type of person who's stacking on five days of CrossFit on top of their running or going to your group fitness classes, you're going to deal with more fatigue on a daily basis. And knowing where to go from there is the key, which comes back to what is the purpose of my workout? Can I hit that? If I can't, I don't. Will it set me back? Then I don't. But if I can do both those things correctly, let's get the work done. So are you a hero or are you a zero when you pull the plug on a workout? And if you do pull the plug on a workout, what do you do the subsequent days then? Do you go and say, you know what, I'll get them tomorrow or I'm going to take a day or two down. I'm going to hit it again. Do you move on with life and go on with the script and hit what's next? Do you, some people go and they double down the next day. You weak SOB, fine. You, you cut the plug, but now tomorrow you're going to pay for it and you're going to go rub your nose in it and you're going to hit that workout again, even harder. Live to fight another day. Well, that day is tomorrow, right? What do you think of all that? You pulled the plug now, what, so to speak. I like to keep the progression going. So what I like to do is insert extra recovery until you qualify for that workout again and then hit it and move on and adjust the schedule from there. Now, if it's a non-essential workout, which is a tricky term to throw around, what's Mm -hmm. non-essential, what's not. But if it's like a midweek long run, I will scratch that, do my normal recovery easy day the next day, and then be ready for my long run or my quality run. That's fine. I won't adjust the schedule for that. But for a threshold workout, for a tempo run, for something like that, I'm just inserting extra recovery days until I can get it done. But If you're already dealing with something, doubling down the next day is the surest way to keep dealing with that thing. And it's a natural, logical response to a certain type of human, but it doesn't make sense from a training perspective. Um, I move right on. I don't even try to attempt it again. I have like bad, bad omen with it. I think I'm just going to move on. I'll, I'll hit that system again when it comes due. But yeah, for me, I... The last thing I want to do is go hit that one again uh, right now anyways. Give me a few weeks. They'll all end up in the same place regardless. So that, But that's just a personal preference, right? I will say cutting the plug, like if it's short intervals, granted that was a long session with run recovery, but um, where I won't, I'll find a way is if it's extended work, if I'm doing a six-mile progression tempo or eight miles worth of like if it's one where I'm getting my heart rate up and keeping it there with intent, threshold work, I can't if I cut the plug on that, it's like, that's the foundation. But if it's, this was more flash for me, um, I can live with moving on, but the fundamentals, which I would consider threshold or extended tempo work for me, a tempo work, I call, I, I set a prescribed pace usually and try to hit that, uh, on my tempo work. But nonetheless, that stuff I'll, I'm going to put plug in pretty quickly, but the flash, I don't think so. Cause I don't think those are really the needle movers. So I'll just let that bad taste linger for a while and not fix it right away. I don't know when I'll hit it again. Maybe it's dead to me, Bracken. <laughs> Maybe it's dead to you. <laughs> On my training plan, I I use different uh, font for the purpose of the workouts. If it's just regular font, it's an aerobic day. If it's just italicized, 
the only purpose is recovery. If it's bold, this is a needle moving workout. This is one of the tent poles of the week. And if it's bolded, I do not move on until I re-hit the bold. Now, it doesn't mean I have to hit that workout. If I go out, let's say, Saturday, and I was uh, going to do that five by six minutes, and it just wasn't happening, I insert another day or two of recovery, and then I go back. I don't have to do five by six if that has bad taste in my mouth. But what if you do three of the reps and then pull the plug? Well, you did half the workout. Does that check the box? Gets complicated. No. Because what was the intended purpose? Didn't check my intended purpose. It was like a half day. Yeah. I have to get, I have to get enough to know that I got something out of the workout and like for checking the box and moving forward. If I got four, I might count that and that evening try to add on something on the rower or on the bike so I can just Mm -hmm. move forward or I might just go along the next day or something like that. But I might give myself two days and then do a different 30 minute threshold workout, something totally different. It could be 30 by one minute, a 15 second recovery. So it could be totally opposite end of the spectrum, but the same general purpose. But I don't move on from my bolded days. You want to know the worst part about it? And I'm sure other people have been there. And Tyler German commented on my workout. Uh, As I programmed 24 by 400 meters into my watch and started that workout. So then it's like your dog, your dog craps on the floor and you rub its nose in it. Like you're a bad dog. Like he knows he's a bad dog, right? Like I knew I was a bad dog. And then every quarter mile and every point one, two, my watch had to beep at me and say, go rest for another 12 rounds as I'm just sitting there in my shame. And so my stupid Strava has all these interval marks on there that are just embarrassing compared to the intended stimulus. It's just like, it makes me really question if I should be programming those dang reps in there or not, but it made a really ugly graph and I'm not proud of it. You had that happen before? Yeah. Doing the recovery of shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like now, ev- now everybody knows. Yeah. I had last winter, I had one on the trail. It was uh, 30 seconds at threshold, 30 seconds at 5k. Back and mm-hmm. forth until your pace breaks. Five minute recovery, repeat. Thirty thirty advanced. Thirty thirty advanced, and I had to pull the plug. I started the second round and I just couldn't do it. Like I, I'm already failing, and so I had that every thirty second <laughs> reminder for like the next twelve minutes of my cool down. Just the cool down walk of shame, just constantly beeping at oh. you, vibrating on your wrist. If you have it linked to your headphones in your ear, it's saying go. <laughs> No. Nope. Yeah. Just dragging my feet out here. I don't feel bad enough already, Garmin. All right. Is there anything else you want to add to this conversation? I feel like we've we've covered most most of the uh topics. And this isn't a justification or, or, or an excuse for you to cut workout short. We would much prefer you don't. I much prefer I didn't. Push through at yeah. most costs in most situations. But these things pop up on occasion. So don't be looking for reasons to stop early. That's not what this is about. We try to make you push through. We want Mm -hmm. you to reach the next level. But there's exceptions. That's what we were chatting through today. Yeah, there's no such thing as a fully hard and fast rule 100% of the time. That gets you hurt or that keeps you out of fitness. We can't just be a, I never quit a workout athlete. You'll never hit your ceiling that way. And you can't be a, 
oh, I'll quit whenever I feel like it. No, you have to have some rules, but you have to know when to apply them. So it is a case-by-case basis, but there is no honor in never quitting a workout. There are times when it just must be done so that you can keep the ball rolling. Yes, sir. I want to issue an apology to end this episode, if you're cool with that. To who? Usually you're the one apologizing, I feel like, on this podcast. <laughs> More often than not, right? It's been a while, though. <laughs> it has. You've been yeah. a good streak. Yeah, this is my MO. But I'm going to apologize for something um, to, I'm assuming, dozens of you out there. So we had Bracken and I, the running public, had... I'm not going to say outsourced our social media handlings, but we took a back seat on it. And I, for sure, wasn't even logged into our account for a while, wasn't checking things, um, hoping things would be passed on to me, whatever. Uh, but I just didn't, I didn't deal with it because it was a stressor at some point. And we had a lot of people reaching out, which was fantastic. Well, we've recommitted to that, and that will never happen again. Bracken and I are both in checking constantly. You will talk to either him or I on social media when you send messages or make comments. It's us now. Um, But I went in, and there were, dare I say, hundreds of messages either read and not responded to or left unread, Q&A questions, compliments, questions, suggestions. And I was combing through this after our man weekend, And it made me feel like ill that people were reaching out for support and we were not responding and that's unacceptable. And so that's what I want to apologize for mostly on my end because I was out of touch with it. Um, Now I'm back checking multiple times a day. You are as well. I know nobody will go unread. Nobody will go unanswered. If that was you in the past, please resend now because we're up to date. Um, and we're current and you will hear from us and you will get a response and we want to hear from you and we want to respond to you. We thought maybe hands off was going to be better for us and it wasn't. So sorry for that. For those that messaged and didn't get a response or got left on red, we just, I just didn't deal with it. So I'm sorry. And you will not have that happen again. And I've been meaning to get that off my chest, Bracken. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely no one. (laughs) <laughs> I made it clear from the start, I'm a horrible social media communicator, <laughs> and I will stay that way. That's what we call taking the low road. You will be unread <laughs> for months at a time. <laughs> no, I am, we're, 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 we've recommitted here. Uh, it, it is a work in progress for me. Kirk is all in on things or he's all out. That's exactly and it. And I just dabble and it's so much worse. <laughs> and so I'm trying to not dabble. I'm trying to be all in, which is in itself, that's a wishy-washy statement. But uh, we're, 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 we've decided to just take the reins of our social media because we found that we weren't able to balance having people help with part of it and not others. It became blurry. Who's supposed to do what? And we checked out because it wasn't on us a hundred percent. We didn't commit to it like it was. And so moving forward, we're running this thing. And even if that means we run it poorly, we're going to run it. No, we're (laughs) running it. Get what you're going to get. And we're going to keep improving it and it's going to be consistent. And that's the best we can offer right now. And we're going to keep working on it. So I'm sorry too, but only because Kirk makes maybe. (laughs) No, you're getting a plus. A plus on our end moving forward, 110% bracket, if that's even a thing, which it's not, but that's how hard we're going to try. 
Might be. Yeah. All right. Feel so much lighter now. Anything else you want to wrap with? Or are we good to uh, roll the music? Roll it. If anything resonated with you on today's episode and you're curious about taking your training to the next level, check out therunningpublic.com where we have a training plan to fit your needs. Thank you.